0: If these insurrectionists were black, they would have been shot in the face. And my God, if these insurrectionists were Muslim, they would have been sniped from the top of buildings. So I want to know from the Capitol Hill police. What what, what is it? Is it just white people? Or is it Donald Trump supporters? Why do you scream at people for walking across the street three blocks away from the Capitol? Why are you known as badasses around the Capitol? But then Trump supporters come in and you open the f-ing doors for them. You open the doors for them and let them breach the people's house. What is wrong with you? I also want to know are we a nation of laws? Are we a nation of one man? Donald J. Trump called for the insurrection against the United States of America. He called for it. Rudy Giuliani called for combat justice just an hour or two before this happened. Donald Trump Jr., said, we are coming for you. That's insurrection against the United States of America. And if Donald Trump Jr, Rudy Giuliani, and Donald Trump are not arrested today for insurrection and taken to jail and booked. And if the Capitol Hill police do not go through every video And look at the face of every person that invaded our capital. And if they are not arrested and brought to justice today, then we are no longer a nation of laws and we only tell people they can do this again.
1: Yeah. What he said.
0: That's why. I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair.
1: I'm not scared. And
0: I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes,
1: I'm stuck in the middle with from Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A., also in Red Bluff and Redding, California, on KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's Queso and Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP. In Rochester, New York on WRFZ. Down in New Orleans on WHIV. Out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ. Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN. Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ. In Seattle on KODX. Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR. And Minneapolis, St. Paul's, AM 950 KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe on the internet every day on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Deprogrammed Radio, Verdant Square Radio, and Detour Talk, Blanketing Planet Earth, five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger journalist troublemaker muckraker and all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com thank you very much for joining us boy morning joe didn't sound too happy this morning did he desi doyan
2: <laughs> that would be one way of putting it yes
1: <laughs> donald trump will remain president at most at most for another 13 days when joe biden and kamala harris will be sworn into office as president and vice president on inauguration day whether Biden will end up being the 46th president or the 47th president by that point is a much less certain question at this hour, as it is not clear that Donald Trump will actually remain in office until January 20th. On Wednesday, before the U.S. Capitol building was invaded by MAGA mob insurrectionists that you heard Joe uh, Morning Joe talking about uh, at the top of the show there, Insurrectionists fueled by the president of the United States himself, Congress had attempted to affirm Joe Biden's decisive Electoral College victory. But if you have been listening to the broadcast pretty much since Election Day, we have been warning you that January 6th would be a, a day worth clearing your schedule for.
2: Oh, my. Yes.
1: See You're welcome.
2: Your early warning system.
1: Yes. So that was Wednesday. And of course, the day before on Tuesday was Election Day in Georgia in the two U.S. Senate runoffs to determine partisan control of the U.S. Senate. And you would be forgiven if you missed the news. But at this hour, it appears to have done exactly that, determining that Democrats will soon be in control of both the upper and lower chambers of Congress, as well as the White House. Welcome to the broadcast. We have got a lot to get to for a change on today's show, as yesterday's ended with a bit of a cliffhanger with marauders incited by the president of the United States himself having invaded the United States Capitol in the middle of Congress's attempt to formalize the Electoral College victory of Joe Biden, all but shutting down the Capitol building for several hours during the attempted insurrection. So uh, we will pick it up from where we left off shortly. But in describing <laughs> yeah. it, it really does sound like a terrible HBO miniseries, doesn't it?
2: Yes. It sounds like if you'd written it in a screenplay, people would say, nah, that's not even possible.
1: It sounds so stupid. That would never it's happen.
2: Implausible.
1: So I, we'll get to that in a moment. But I wanted to update you on a related story that we covered the day before regarding the possibility of Trump fleeing the country before Inauguration Day. Uh, As it was reported by several outlets in the UK that the tiny airport near Donald Trump's Turnberry Golf Resort in Scotland had been told to prepare for the landing of a U.S. military 757 jet on January 19th, which some had believed was in preparation for Donald Trump leaving the country to escape to his Scottish hideout before losing his presidential immunity on January 20th. All of this also sounds like a bad HBO miniseries (laughs) as I'm describing it. Nonetheless, uh, according to the, uh, the UK's The Sun, Donald Trump won't be allowed into Scotland to escape Joe Biden's inauguration as golf is, quote, not essential, unquote, According to Scotland's first minister, Nicola Sturgeon, she warned that as Scotland is currently under a countrywide lockdown due, due to the coronavirus pandemic, she said, quote, coming to play golf is not what I would consider to be an essential purpose, unquote. Rumors of Trump's travels, according to the paper, started circulating after the Sunday Post reported that a Boeing 757 was scheduled to land at Prestwick Airport on January 19. That is not a normal occurrence for this tiny little airport that nobody but pretty much people traveling to Donald Trump's golf resort uh, actually use. The president had previously used the particular plane in question, but a source at the airport told the Sunday Post that it was more commonly used by Vice President Mike Pence or First Lady Melania Trump. Both of whom might also want to escape, uh, but uh, following the uh, travel claims, White House spokesperson Judd Deere told the Business Insider, quote, anonymous sources who claim to know what the president is or is not considering have no idea, unquote. Well, that's as much as a confirmation as anything, I would say. At least by this White House. Uh, nonetheless, even if that is his plan, it seems that Scotland's leader is foreclosing that idea. So Donald Trump will have to find maybe one of those hole countries would be willing to take him in instead. Who knows? But I just wanted to uh, uh, close the loop on that particular story. At least we think, at least for now. Meanwhile, at the end of yesterday's edition of America, our final days too pessimistic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, how about uh, America: The Battle for a Return to Sanity.
2: Okay. Is
1: that better? That's All a bit right. Better. That's where we are then. The usually uh, ceremonial joint session of Congress led by the President of the Senate in this case Vice President Mike Pence to affirm the 306 to 232 electoral college landslide victory of Joe Biden over Donald Trump was interrupted by an assault on the U.S. Capitol, forcing lawmakers to evacuate during a debate and a vote in each separate chamber on a challenge filed by Ted Cruz and a dozen other Republican senators and a bunch of Republicans in the U.S. House, challenging the electoral votes in Arizona, as certified by its Republican governor, Doug Ducey, which uh, showed that Joe Biden won the state, with the Capitol Police entirely, it seems, entirely unprepared for still unknown reasons to protect the Capitol. The violent terrorists took over both chambers of Congress as well as congressional offices, and one woman was shot and killed by Capitol Police, three other protesters uh, we are told died during the failed coup plot as well due to unspecified medical emergencies. But do we have time? I I, I didn't really build this in here, but uh, this comes uh, not long before airtime. Joe Biden talking about, uh, well, what, what Morning Joe was talking about at the top. Uh, and he was not all that much less angry about it.
0: Well, we saw yesterday in plain view, was another violation of the fundamental tenet of this nation. Not only do we see the failure to protect one of the three branches of our government, we also saw a clear failure to carry out equal justice. No one can tell me that if had been a group of Black Lives Matter protesting yesterday, there wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have been treated very, very differently and the mob of thugs that stormed the Capitol. We all we all know that's true. And it is unacceptable. Totally unacceptable.
1: President-elect Joe Biden there uh, stating what should be absolutely obvious. Can you imagine if tens of thousands of Black Lives Matter protesters had showed up at the Capitol, uh, pulled down the, the, the barricades, <laughs> yeah. climbed up the walls, Do you think we would have ended up with, I think, well, one person shot inside the Capitol. The three other people who died, I think, were, they say, medical emergencies. We don't know what they were. Uh, heart attacks or something but do you think just one person would have been killed and about 15 people arrested because that's all that it was on wednesday
2: oh hell no now remember the photos of those white guys dressed in outlandish costumes sitting on the dais in both the chambers of the house and the senate that is the epitome of white privilege they would not have made it to that that, that seat, much less survived sitting in that yep. seat oh, they if they been, had not been white men.
1: They would have been shot, shot in those seats. So I just wanted to make that point because uh, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered there. Uh, nonetheless, hours and hours later, after the Capitol was eventually cleared, the Capitol that should have never been breached in the first place... Uh, after that, proceedings were allowed to continue, and it became clear that af- at that point, the GOP plan to stretch the proceedings as long as possible, perhaps even for days, was not going to fly as uh, lawmakers were shaken. And at least a few Republicans in the U.S. Senate seemed to have second thoughts about their attempted Uh, their attempt to undermine, essentially, American democracy itself by trying to reverse a legitimate Democratic presidential election that had already been certified by all 50 states and for which there were, frankly, no questions about the results. No matter how many times Donald Trump keeps making up claims that have been debunked, that there is no evidence to support There was no question about the results, at least not now. There could still be evidence comes forward if they're uh, able to do forensic investigations of the machines and they find something amiss. But right now, all of the evidence says the election results were accurate, whether you like it or not. But some of the Republicans decided to back off. Georgia's Republican Senator For a few more minutes, Kelly Loeffler, uh, who had uh, two days earlier, vowed to challenge election results and who, along with uh, Republican Senator David Perdue in Georgia, were both announced to be losers in their runoff elections the day before, handing majority control uh, of the Senate to Democrats. Uh, Loeffler declared that following the insurrection, she was no longer Willing to do so. Good for her. She was no longer willing to challenge those results. As the proceedings ran very late into the night and early into Thursday morning, you may or may not have been able to follow them. So I I wanted to share at least two noteworthy speeches from the senators on Wednesday night, late uh, Thursday morning, uh, one from a Democrat, one from a Republican first uh, there was this from New Jersey Democratic Senator Cory Booker.
3: I can only think of two times in American history that individuals laid siege to our capital, stormed our sacred civic spaces, and tried to over- upend and overrun this government. One was in the War of 1812, and the other one was today. What's interesting about the parallel between the two is they both were waving flags to a sole sovereign, to an individual, surrendering democratic principles to the cult of personality. One was a monarch in England, and the other were the flags I saw all over our capital, including in the hallways and in this room, to a single person named Donald Trump. The sad difference between these two times is one was yet another nation in the history of our country that tried to challenge the United States of America. But this time we brought this hell upon ourselves. My colleague from Texas said that this was a moment where there were unprecedented allegations of voter fraud. Yes, That is true. They were unprecedented when the president before the election even happened said, if I lose this election, then the election was rigged. That's unprecedented. It's unprecedented before the night of the voting, even the, the counting of the vote was even done that he called it rigged. And it's unprecedented that he's fanning the flames of conspiracy theory to create a smokescreen in this nation to cover what he is trying to do, which is undermine our democratic principles. But it's not just that. The shame of this day is it's being aided and abetted by good Americans who are falling prey, who are choosing Trump over truth, who are surrendering to the passion of lies as opposed to standing up and speaking truth to power who are trying to fundraise off of the shame of conspiracy theories as opposed to doing the incalculably valuable patriotic thing to speak truth to our nation. Our democracy is wounded. And I saw it when I saw pictures of yet another insurgency of of a flag of another group of Americans who tried to challenge our nation. I saw the flag of the Confederacy there. What will we do? How will we confront this shame? How will we confront this dark, second time in American history? I pray that we remember a Georgian. In his words, all I can say is, we must in spirit join together like those Georgians on a bridge called the Edmund Pettus who joined hands, who were called threats to our democracy, who were called outrageous epithets when they sought to expand our democracy, to save it and to heal it, when they joined arm in arm and said what we should say now, commit ourselves to that ideal, that together we shall overcome.
1: New Jersey Senator Democratic Senator Cory Booker there speaking uh, late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning. And then there was this from Republican Utah Senator and former GOP presidential nominee Mitt Romney speaking, in fact, speaking truth to power and at least trying to speak truth to our nation.
4: Now we gather due to a selfish man's injured pride and the outrage of supporters who he has deliberately misinformed for the past two months and stirred to action this very morning. What happened here today was an insurrection incited by the President of the United States. Those who choose to continue to support his dangerous gambit by objecting to the results of a legitimate democratic election will forever be seen as being complicit in an unprecedented attack against our democracy. Fairly or not, they'll be remembered for their role in this shameful episode in American history. That will be their legacy. I salute Senator Langford and Leffler, and Braun and Daines, and I'm sure others, who in the light of today's outrage have withdrawn their objection. For any who remain insistent on an audit in order to satisfy the many people who believe that the election was stolen. I'd offer this perspective, no congressional audit is ever going to convince these voters, particularly when the president will continue to say that the election was stolen. The best way we can show respect for the voters who are upset is by telling them the truth. That's the burden. That's the duty of leadership. The truth is that President-elect Biden won the election. President Trump lost. I've had that experience myself. It's no fun. (laughs) Scores of courts, the president's own attorney general, state election officials, both Republican and Democrat, have reached that unequivocal decision. And in light of today's sad circumstances, I asked my colleague, do we weigh our own political fortunes more heavily than we weigh the strength of our republic, the strength of our democracy, and the cause of freedom? What's the weight of personal acclaim compared to the weight of conscience? Leader McConnell said that the vote today is the most important in his 36 years of public service. Think of that. Authorizing two oars, voting in two impeachments. He said that not because the vote reveals something about the election. It's because this vote reveals something about us. I urge my colleagues to move forward with completing the electoral count, to refrain from further objections, and to unanimously affirm the legitimacy of the presidential election. Thank you, Mr. President.
1: Republican Utah Senator Mitt Romney on Wednesday night, Thursday morning, uh, despite the violent uprising and despite the lack of evidence of any election fraud in Arizona that would have changed the results that they were debating there, seven Republican senators voted to throw out all of the votes cast by millions of Arizonans. For the record... Those senators are Ted Cruz of Texas, Josh Hawley of Missouri, Cynthia Loomis of Wyoming, Roger Marshall of Kansas, in what I believe is his first official act as senator. Congrats on your record of distinction so far, Mr. Marshall. Rick Scott of Florida, Tommy Tuberville of Alabama, also in his first act as a senator, and Cindy Hyde-Smith of Mississippi. The objection to Arizona's votes failed in the Senate and in the House, despite a majority of Republican members there voting to disenfranchise Arizona. Lawmakers were resolved nonetheless to complete the Electoral College tally, In a display to the country and the world, according to AP, of the nation's enduring commitment to uphold the will of the voters and the peaceful transfer of power. They pushed through the night with tensions high and the nation's capital on alert. The plan to further challenge and try to reject the legitimate presidential election in at least three states and as many as 10 Ultimately lost steam after the assault on the Capitol. Missouri's Josh Hawley objected to Pennsylvania's electoral votes, but didn't even speak in favor of his own challenge when the two chambers separated for debate again. So I guess he is capable of shame?
2: Nah, I wouldn't say so.
1: The vote in the House was uh, ultimately 282 to 138 Against the objection in Pennsylvania, that would be 138 House Republicans who voted to disenfranchise all Pennsylvania voters, while just 64 Republicans uh, voted against it, along with 218 Democrats. There were no House Democrats who voted in favor of the objection, but there was a majority of House Republicans, 68 percent of them did. Nonetheless, uh, that challenge in Pennsylvania failed as well, but it was the last of the day, the night, the morning that resulted 16 hours later in exactly what was expected 16 hours earlier. Joe Biden's 306-vote Electoral College victory was affirmed by Congress. Nothing changed. The votes were exactly as they had been certified by all 50 states weeks earlier. But four members of the MAGA mob Incited by the president of the United States who lied in saying, by the way, that he would be with them when they went to the Capitol. Suckers. Four of those mobsters were dead. More than a dozen Capitol police officers had been injured, several of them hospitalized, and the U.S. Capitol building had been despoiled for nothing more than Donald Trump's pathetic, fragile, little ego and his inability to concede that he has been rejected as a loser by the American people and will be out of office in no more than two weeks' time. At 3.45 a.m. on the East Coast, it was done, and both houses adjourned, with the House in recess now until Inauguration Day, and the Senate scheduled to reconvene just the day before. As we'll discuss in a moment, however, those plans could still change, Uh, As soon as the session was gaveled to a close on Thursday morning, the White House released a statement from our pathetic little president with his social media director, Dan Scavino, tweeting because Donald Trump's account had been locked by Twitter at that point after he had had to remove three dangerous incitements to violence that he had posted in the middle of all of this. So Scavino posted a statement theoretically on behalf of the president saying, quote, even though I totally disagree with the outcome of the election and the facts bear me out, nevertheless, there will be an orderly transition on January 20th. He added, I have always said we would continue our fight to ensure that only legal votes were counted while this represents the end of the greatness. I'm sorry, while this represents the end of the greatest first term in presidential history. It is only the beginning of our fight to make America great again. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and while that might have sounded encouraging to some, there was, you know, promising an orderly transition on January 20. It should be pointed out that that was not actually posted by Trump. And he has in many other cases been quoted as saying something in a press release just before going out publicly to say something completely different in person or on his Twitter feed, which I believe he now has access to again. After his uh, six hour or 12 hour timeout that was uh, imposed on him. However, Facebook, at least today, has announced that Trump's account is being frozen, at least through Inauguration Day. Good. Twitter should do the same. And if if some are are breathing a bit easier today, I do understand. But until the credits have rolled on this uh, and the projector has been turned off, frankly, on this nightmarish horror film and
2: all the audiences left it left the the theater. theater,
1: Exactly. We will until then remain vigilant. Uh, He is an unstable man. With his finger still on the nuclear trigger for two more weeks. And by all reports, he is becoming even more unstable by the minute right now. As NBC's Shannon Petty piece reported in the middle of the night last night, Donald Trump banned Vice President Mike Pence's chief of staff, Mark Short, from entering the White House. The vice president's chief of staff can no longer enter the White House. That where after, he works. Yeah. That after Pence refused to overturn the results of the election, Short, who had uh, once served as Trump's own head of legislative affairs. So he's not some guy who Donald Trump didn't know. Uh, He had been advising Pence on the procedure for overseeing the counting of the Electoral College votes. Trump had been pressuring Pence uh, in the days prior to reject the election results somehow, which Pence said he did not have the ability to do under the Constitution. Gabe Sherman at Vanity Fair reported uh, at around the same time as NBC's report last night as a violent mob incited by Donald Trump stormed the U.S. Capitol on Wednesday. Some West Wing staffers were panicking that they were possibly becoming participants in a coup to overthrow the government. What do I do? Resign? One nervous White House staffer asked a friend on Wednesday afternoon, shortly after the news broke that a woman had been shot and killed inside the Capitol. The West Wing staffer told the friend that White House counsel Pat Cipollone was urging White House officials not to speak to Trump or enable his coup attempt in any way so they could reduce the chance that they might be prosecuted for treason under the Sedition Act. The friend said they're being told to stay away from Trump. That was actually going on. Cipollone's purported concern that Trump was committing treason, a federal crime, illustrates the chaos and fear of Wednesday's unprecedented events. At least one staffer isn't waiting, however, to flee the ship. Gabe Sherman reported on Wednesday night, CNN uh, noted that Stephanie Grisham, the former White House communication director, Uh, had resigned over the Trump-inspired riot. She was serving as Melania Trump's chief of staff. More have since followed Grisham. Uh, We'll get to that in a bit. As staff quit or steer clear, Trump is increasingly isolated, Sherman reports. According to a Republican close to the White House, Trump refused to take calls on Wednesday from business leaders who wanted him to call off the insurrection. A former West Wing staffer said Republicans were texting and calling Chief of Staff Mark Meadows to lobby him to intervene. But Meadows was also not answering. As we reported on yesterday's show, apparently it was Mike Pence who had to call the uh, uh, National Guard up. Donald Trump either refused to do so or just didn't. Just wasn't answering the phone, I guess. Sherman says in recent days, Trump's bid to overturn the election became increasingly desperate. He expressed anarchist comments in private, according to a second Republican close to the White House. The Republican said Trump told people that he wanted David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler in Georgia to lose the Senate runoffs there as a way of punishing them and Mitch McConnell. Trump told people that he is really angry that the senators and McConnell hadn't stood up for him to challenge the election. And he's happy that they lost, according to this Republican. Trump said that he'll uh, he'll be the most dominant force in Republican politics if there is no party leadership. So if Mitch McConnell is no longer the majority speaker, generally the uh, the majority leader in the Senate, generally the uh, leader of the party itself when the party doesn't have someone in the White House, then, yeah, Donald Trump gets to be the, the king that he wishes he was.
2: And, you know, the Republican Party is welcome to him.
1: Yeah. Uh, but what did we do to deserve him? Other Republicans, uh, Sherman says he spoke to on Wednesday, echoed the view that Trump wants to blow things up on his way out the door. Quote, he'll want to burn... The whole thing down, a Republican strategist said. Trump doesn't give a blank about anyone but himself. As the night wore on, uh, Sherman notes the immediate question facing Republicans became whether the violence seen on Wednesday merited the invoking of the 25th Amendment and the removal of Trump from office. According to a D.C. strategist close to the White House, some prominent Republicans are lobbying Mike Pence to greenlight that process. Yet Pence has uh, Pence has to be the one to initiate it, according to this strategist, and so far, at least as of airtime, he has not. Sherman notes that whatever happens in the next 13 days, Trump has set himself up for perpetual warfare with a Republican Party that is finally willing to confront his destructive authoritarianism. How much they're willing to confront that, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know. Sherman may be getting ahead of himself here by saying that they are willing to do that. The uh, Republican strategist is quoted as saying, Everyone is blaming Trump for Georgia when Trump took office. We had the White House and both branches of Congress. Now we have nothing, he said. Trump inherited a Lamborghini and treated it like a lawnmower. Well, maybe. But you can cause a lot of damage with a lawnmower, especially one that is armed with nuclear weapons. So let's take a quick break here. We'll be uh, we'll pick up uh, with the uh, the push now on Thursday by Democrats and even some Republicans to remove Donald Trump from office now, not in two weeks. But now, as events continue to move quickly in D.C., in our ongoing saga of America, the battle to restore sanity, or whatever the hell we called it, in which, by the way, Desi Doyen will offer a few encouraging points in that battle. Some pretty big ones, in fact, in her latest Green News report coming up.
2: So stay tuned for that.
1: Yeah, there's that at least. (laughs) Uh, That comes up in a bit. Until then, I'm Brad Friedman. You are listening to the Bradcast.
4: it is over it is over the final thing joe biden i've traveled the world with joe i hoped he lost i prayed he would lose he won he's the legitimate president of the united states i cannot convince people certain groups by my words but i will tell you by my actions that maybe i among any above all others in this body need to say this joe biden and Kamala Harris are lawfully elected and will become the president and the vice president of the United States on January the 20th. It's over. It's over. It's over. <laughs> it's over. Well,
1: actually. Nope. Well, no, it's actually, it's it over it's over welcome back to the broadcast brad friedman from bradblog.com no it is not over Uh, actually not yet not until uh donald uh what's his name joe biden is actually sworn in as our next president but it is fun to see that senator lindsey graham there that was from uh the debate on thursday morning uh as as the republican challenge wore on that was from lindsey graham uh, who has supported trump every single step of the way so it's But it's fun uh, now that uh, Lindsey Graham is apparently looking for a new sugar daddy. It is apparently over, however, for a quickly growing list of Donald Trump staffers who are bailing out on his sinking ship at the last minute. Can't even keep up with this as uh, well. This isn't exactly a Donald Trump staffer, but uh, AP is just breaking the news that the head of the U.S. Capitol Police will resign effective January 16 following uh, his disastrous failure to, pre- uh, to prevent the breach of the Capitol by the pro-Trump MAGA mob on Wednesday. But there are also uh, other uh, MAGA mob supporters of the president who actually work at the White House who are heading for the exits and quickly. We already mentioned in the previous segment that Stephanie Grisham, the chief of staff to Melania Trump, she's a former White House press secretary and communications director. She is out. Mick Mulvaney who was sort of moved from being acting White House chief of staff uh, and director of the Office of Management and Budget over to becoming special envoy for Northern Ireland. He says he's out after what happened on Wednesday. He says, quote, those who choose to stay are choosing to stay because they're worried the president might put someone worse in. That's a a thought worth uh, considering at this point. Also, Trump's deputy national security advisor has quit. One of the uh, country's most senior cybersecurity officials has quit. Uh, and the acting chair of the White House Council of Economic Advisors has quit. Melania Trump's social secretary has quit. Deputy White House press secretary has quit. And also the only so far cabinet member to resign, Transportation Secretary Elaine Chao has quit. She is married to outgoing Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell of Kentucky. She's out. So they're getting out. Long after the getting is good, they have all been with Trump for a long time. So I hope the fact that they that they're leaving here about two minutes before this jerk was tossed out of office won't actually succeed in getting the Trump stink off of these people. After years of facilitating his his madness without a peep about it, these people are not heroes at this point. I'm glad to see them go. I hope to give them room to leave. But accountability should be brought to all of these people. But for the moment, that may begin with the man who is still president for No more than two weeks, uh, despite reports of his growing instability in his final days in office. On Thursday morning, incoming presumptive Democratic Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer issued a statement calling for Trump to be removed from office immediately. He says, quote, what happened at the U.S. Capitol yesterday was an insurrection against the United States incited by the president. The president should not hold office one day longer. He said the quickest and most effective way it can be done today to remove the president from office would be for the vice president to immediately invoke the 25th Amendment. If the vice president and the cabinet refuse to stand up. Congress, he said, should reconvene to impeach the president. Shortly thereafter, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi joined presumptive incoming Senate Majority Leader Schumer to call on Pence to invoke the 25th Amendment. Pelosi said that if Pence does not act, then the House would consider impeachment to remove him from office.
5: Yesterday, the president of the United States incited an armed insurrection against America. The gleeful desecration of the U.S. Capitol, which is the temple of our American democracy, and the violence targeting Congress are horrors that will forever stain our nation's history, instigated by the President of the United States. That's why it's such a stain. In calling for this seditious act, the President has committed an unspeakable assault on our nation and our people. I join the Senate Democratic leader in calling on the Vice President to remove this President by immediately invoking the 25th Amendment. If the Vice President and Cabinet do not act, the Congress may be prepared to move forward with impeachment. That is the overwhelming sentiment of my caucus. And the American people, by the way.
1: Nancy Pelosi calling for the 25th Amendment to be invoked immediately, if not to consider impeachment on Thursday afternoon, responding to questions from the media, skeptical that uh, something needs to be done while Trump has less than two weeks left in office. That's all. Why do we have to remove him? Even though he still has his finger on the nuclear button during those days, by the way,
2: the lawnmower with nuclear weapons. Thank you you for
1: remembering. Uh, Pelosi uh, then called Trump a dangerous man who should not continue in office, charging, "quote This is urgent. This is an emergency of the highest magnitude."
5: By inciting sedition as he did yesterday, he must be removed from office. While it's only 13 days left, any day can be a horror show for America.
1: You got that right, lady. Uh, Under a provision of the 25th Amendment, the vice president uh, can, with the support of the majority of the cabinet, invoke the measure, the 25th Amendment, and declare Trump unfit for office, which could could lead to his early removal. Under such a scenario, the vice president would immediately take over as acting president, But while the amendment that was first adopted in 1967 as part of concerns about presidential succession following the assassination of JFK, while that can be invoked to remove a president, quote, unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office, unquote, it has only ever been used uh, very briefly up until now for medical events like when Ronald Reagan underwent uh, uh, colon surgery. But some politicians and experts are now arguing that Trump has met the bar set by the 25th Amendment for his inability to discharge the duties of his office by encouraging violence through his rhetoric and by refusing to accept the reality of his defeat. Although the amendment has never been used in these circumstances, according to The Washington Post, some experts say it could provide a faster and more realistic path than impeachment to quickly remove Donald Trump from power. That would all depend, however, on the backing of Mike Pence and the cabinet. So here's how this would work if it does work. If it is invoked, the amendment uh, would allow Pence And a majority of Trump's cabinet to declare that he is unfit for duty. And the reason I'm going through these details is because if this happens, it could happen very quickly. Of course, that's a big if, but you should know how this will work if it does work. So Pence and a majority of the cabinet, they declare that Trump is unfit for duty. They send a letter to that end to Congress about their decision. And at that moment, as soon as they do, Pence assumes the full powers of the presidency. He's acting president, but he still has the full powers of the presidency. Now, if Trump were in a coma or otherwise physically incapacitated, Pence would keep that power indefinitely. But the amendment Also, gives Trump the power to object to the letter that is sent by Pence and a majority of the cabinet to Congress. The president can write his own letter to Congress essentially saying, No, I'm fine. That would immediately restore his powers. Now, If that happens, Pence and the full cabinet would then have four days to overrule the president. If Pence and the cabinet do overrule Trump, Congress then gets to decide on the dispute. And here's the important part. Pence would remain in power in the meantime, as Congress was deciding. The amendment orders Congress to convene within 48 hours to decide on whether to boot the president or not. However, it gives lawmakers 21 days to make a decision about it. Now, affirming Pence's move, you know, a vote to agree would require two thirds of both the House and the Senate. That would seem impossible because almost two thirds of House Republicans for example, voted to object to the uh, Electoral College results in in two states, even after the attempted insurrection on Wednesday, backing Trump's phony claims that the states were uh, stolen for Biden. But if the House and Senate leadership simply stalled the vote, they could effectively run out the clock on Trump's term, leaving Pence in charge until... President-elect Joe Biden's inauguration on the 20th. Did you get all of that? Does that make sense?
2: Yes, it made sense. And the part that made the most sense to me is that uh, during all of this adjudication, Pence would remain in power the entire time as acting president. Correct.
1: Uh, And so, uh, you know, he would have all the powers of the presidency. Trump would not. That would certainly give me some peace of mind. And, of course, I'm sure Nancy Pelosi would have no problem uh, putting off this decision for 21 days. Right. Uh, The question is, would Mitch McConnell? Well, the attacks that Donald Trump has brought against Mitch McConnell of late uh, and the fact that Mitch McConnell's own wife, has now resigned from the Trump administration, suggests to me there's no love lost there, and he might go along with it as well.
2: Yeah, that sounds like, to me, the most plausible if this particular scenario were to unfold.
1: It's a big if, but we're hearing a lot of people calling for this right now, and not just Democrats, but also Republicans. At least one, Congressman Adam Kinzinger of Illinois, became the first Republican in Congress. To call for Pence to invoke the 25th Amendment to remove Trump from office in a video statement, uh, Kinzinger called Trump unmoored, not just from his duty or even his oath, but from reality itself. And he called on Pence and the uh, Trump cabinet to invoke the measure, quote, to end this nightmare. He said the president is unfit and the president is unwell And the president must now relinquish control of the executive branch voluntarily or involuntarily. At the same time, Democratic Congress members David Cicilline of Rhode Island, Ted Lieu of California, Jamie Raskin of Maryland, they circulated articles of impeachment against Trump on Thursday, accusing him of willfully inciting violence against the government of the United States and having, quote, gravely endangered the security of the United States which they added, quote, demonstrated that he will remain a threat to national security, democracy and the Constitution if allowed to remain in office. Uh, Congresswoman Ilhan Omar of Minnesota also circulated articles of impeachment as well. Democratic Senators Tim Kaine of Virginia, Jeff Merkley of Oregon, and Amy Klobuchar and uh, Tina Smith of Minnesota and others joined Schumer in calling for the invocation of the 25th Amendment. So uh, this is still very live at this hour uh, as far as where this all goes and how this all plays out, uh, particularly once Donald Trump gets his Twitter account back. Who knows what he might do. Buckle up indeed. All right, quick break, and we are back with Desi Doyen's Green New latest Green News Report. <laughs> Buckle up for that as well. I'm Brad Friedman. You are listening to the Bradcast. <laughs> Okay, Tessy Joanne. I'm happy uh, on on a day like today, on a week like this. I'm happy to say we have some genuinely good news. Yep. In today's latest Green News Report.
3: And every day I'm in the United States Senate. I will fight for you. I will fight for your family. But let me tell you this: there is no doubt that this is already a victory for the ages. <laughs>
2: Democrats win majority in U.S. Senate, paving the way for climate legislation trump administration amid attempted coup auctions off drilling rights in the arctic national wildlife refuge plus britain achieves new record in offshore wind energy generation
1: all of those achievements and more straight ahead from bradblog.com i'm brad friedman
2: and i'm desi doyan
1: stand by for six minutes of independent green news politics analysis and snarky comment so shower heads you take nope shut up you're out You're not welcome here anymore, insurrectionist. This is our Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, do you think we can get through the rest of Donald Trump's term uh, without having to play any more Donald Trump on the Green News Report?
2: (laughs) I hope so. I think
1: you will be richly rewarded, if so.
2: Well, as we go to air in the wake of the shocking, violent insurrection by Donald Trump supporters who attacked and temporarily shut down the U.S. Capitol on Wednesday, there is some normal news. And it's good news for all life on the planet. Democrats appear to have won control of the U.S. Senate majority after the runoff election in Georgia this week with Democratic candidates Reverend Raphael Warnock unseating incumbent Republican Senator Kelly Loeffler and John Ossoff beating incumbent Republican Senator David Perdue.
1: That's good news for the entire planet?
2: Yep. Once confirmed, the Democrats will have a razor-thin margin of just one vote via Democratic Vice President-elect Kamala Harris as tiebreaker. Majorities in both houses of Congress are crucial to reversing Donald Trump's and Republicans' attacks on the environment and in public health and will enable the incoming Biden administration to pass aggressive climate legislation. However, with such a narrow Senate majority, conservative Democratic senators mm-hmm. like Joe Manchin yep. of the coal state of West Virginia will hold enormous power. Manchin will be the chair of the key Senate committee responsible for advancing any climate related legislation. Oh, my
1: God. Really? Yep. And that makes Joe Manchin, if this is important news for the entire world, that makes... Joe Manchin, the most important man in the entire world.
2: Meanwhile, the outgoing Trump administration is still in smash-and-grab mode. In Arizona, the administration will approve a controversial land swap, allowing global mining giant Rio Tinto to develop a copper mine on land held sacred by Native American tribes. And the administration this week auctioned off the first-ever oil and gas drilling rights in Alaska's pristine Arctic National Wildlife Refuge, one of Trump's biggest environmental rollbacks and a victory in Republican. Republicans' 40 year fight to open up to the fossil fuel industry, one of the nation's last remaining wild places.
1: Yes, please note that was not just Donald Trump doing crazy Donald Trump things. That was something Republicans have been trying to do for decades to despoil the Alaskan wilderness on behalf of oil companies.
2: But in a stunning setback on Wednesday, the lease sale was a flop. What? Attracting just three bidders. And it raised just $14 million, a minuscule fraction of the revenue that Republicans projected as an offset to justify their 2017 tax cut for the rich.
1: It's as if oil companies don't want to drill for oil anymore for some reason.
2: Now, of course, the incoming Biden administration can repeal these rules in coming months and years. However, with majority in both houses of Congress, Democrats can utilize the Congressional Review Act to vote to oh. rescind Trump administration rules, rollbacks and guidances that were finalized in the last six months using a simple majority. No filibuster allowed.
1: That is is huge news. I think it's a law put in place by Republicans who will now be hoisted on their own petard.
2: In other news, in Michigan, a federal judge has invalidated a key wetlands permit for a proposed open pit mine in the Upper Peninsula. And in a twist, the state agency that granted the permit two years ago said this week it agrees with the judge's ruling. Massachusetts has announced a new mandate that by 2035, it will end the sale of new gasoline-powered vehicles within its borders in order to reduce the state's contribution to greenhouse gas emissions that cause dangerous man-made climate change. Finally, some good news for Britain. Thanks to some gnarly storms over the holidays, Britain generated more than half of its national daily electricity from offshore wind farms for the first time ever. The U.K. government says the country is headed for, quote, its greenest year on record.
1: In a dark week, that is a lot of surprisingly bright news. Thank you for much more on all of those stories and the ones we couldn't get to today. Check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Don't forget, you can download our reports anytime via Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple or Google Podcasts. Find, follow and share us planet wide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Uh-huh. Oh, they're coming, right? Yeah. Well. Brighter days are ahead.
2: Yes, they can't get much worse, right?
1: <laughs> well, there's that. Thank you very much, Desi and our producer. Thanks to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's show or any other, download it anytime for free at bradblog.com or your favorite podcast site. Though, as ever, we do thank you for your support. Those of you who stopped by bradblog.com slash donate, to help us continue to be 100% listener supported radio over your public airwaves and podcasts and so forth, you can drop me email. I'm Bradcast at Bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am simply the Bradblog. We will see you there until we see you here next time as brighter days come. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Ah!